we're kicking off season three with a top five. That's confusing. But <laughs> let's, let's get, get into, into that. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video. So feel free to check those out there. And now let's get to the show. Hey, I'm Andrew Warnock. I'm Nathan Warnock. And you joined us for Family Friday on the Marriage by Design podcast. This is a time where we get to talk about God's design for family, where we see that in the Bible, and how we live that out, except on Top 5 Weeks, where we just get to have fun and talk about Top 5. Top 5. and That opening took like five takes. That was We got through it. It did. I'm so glad. It did. Yeah. More through it now. What were you going to say? You know what. The Top 5s can only be told with jazz hands. The jazz hands. hands. Top five. Andrea nailed it with the jazz hands. Can you do it with me? Fun, fun, uh, fun story about Nathan and Andrea backstory. If you want some (laughs) Nathan and Andrea lore, uh, we both were trained in jazz hands for very different reasons. Andrea was a dancer for years and years and years and years. Okay. You wouldn't know it now. You need to flip over to YouTube if you're not already watching. You would not know it now. You can see that. Uh, and I was trained in jazz hands because state show choir. That's right, folks. Show choir, state of Nebraska, boss. I don't think I, don't know I ever knew that. Say. I didn't know you were in, I didn't know there was like a state show choir. Oh, okay. I don't think I Let's ever see. knew that, you just looked Nathan. down on people that were in choir. That's fine. If you were in choir, you heard it here first. Andrea looked down on you. <laughs> I in didn't high school. say that. It's I fine. just said it's I didn't deal. know that. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Very interesting. Did you, did you, how far did you get in state show choir? All state or whatever. I don't even know what it was called. That's horrible, actually. So the real, here's the real issue with show choir. A lot of the stuff I wanted to do, because I'm not an artsy guy by any stretch, except for acting, storytelling, those types of things I enjoy immensely. Um, And, and show choir had a bit of an element of that in it. And I enjoyed that. Um, and plus, it was my ticket to be able to go to Disney World. So, oh, yes. Did that in my freshman, sophomore year. Unfortunately, after that, I did not do it anymore because it conflicted with baseball. So, there you have it, guys. Right. Four minutes of Weird Nathan talk. and Andrea backstory. So, if you had Good Nathan stuff. Warnock show choir on your bingo card, check it out. Go ahead and mark that bad boy off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are we doing for a top five today, babe? Okay, so our top five is top five aha parenting moments that we've had over the last 12 years. Love it. And it can be aha, like things I've learned about parenting, specifically parenting, or things that I've just learned through parenting. That's great. All right. Good. Very good. All right, so we're going to stop with, start, start. We're going to start with you first. Let's do it. All right, my number five requires a short story. So when Ryan was very young, she was probably a year and a half, maybe. I mean, she was walking. Um, 
she discovered that a really fun activity <clears throat> is to climb up on the coffee table and then I would count to three and then she would jump and I would catch her and she'd laugh and it was great. And we'd do this over and over oh, and over and over and over and over. Little Ryan days. And it was, it was great. So uh, the story is we were doing that. And then I had carried her uh, into the kitchen because Andrea needed to talk about something. And I set her down because Andrea and I are having this conversation. And in the midst of this conversation, you hear Ryan in the other room initiating the countdown. Yeah. I wasn't there. No one was just her in the room. And all of a sudden I just heard one, two. And then I raced out in the other room. And sure enough, she... Was ready to just, she was going for it. And someone was, she, she, well, someone was going to catch her. And the thing I realized thinking back on that moment is, I think that moment illustrates why Jesus had such a affinity for children. And when he talks about uh, getting into heaven, you need childlike faith. The disciples tried to send the children away and he said, no, you need to come to me as one of these. And in that moment, that verse made sense to me because Ryan didn't see me standing there, but she knew that I would catch her if she jumped. And for so many of us, one of the most difficult parts of faith is stepping out in faith, right? Trusting God with our finances, trusting God to help us raise our kids, trusting God in our marriage. Uh, And man, we need to be more like Ryan, in that we come to these large decisions and we just go, well, Lord, I'm jumping and you're going to, I'm going to trust that you're going to be there to catch me. So my number five is the importance to God of blind faith, um, as illustrated by my one and a half year old daughter. That's great. Okay. So my number five is, uh, a spiritual one too, but I, I understand God's ways better because I'm a parent so there are times where, you know, my child maybe wants something and I see the whole picture or they want to do something or whatever, right? I see the whole picture and I tell them no. Mm. And to them, it's like, ugh, you know, no, but I want this thing or I want to do that thing or whatever. And because I see the whole picture, I know that that's actually not good for them. Mm. And or... Because we're doing, we're actually going to be doing something better. And so we can't do that thing that you want to do. I just can't tell you about it right now or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Sure. Or just because practically this, this, you know, whatever. You can't have this thing or we can't do this thing. But I see the whole picture and they don't. Mm. And so I'm, I sometimes have to tell them no because it's for their good. And, and so I understand God's ways so much better because of parenting. There's so many things about the Lord that I understand so much better because I'm a parent and you can understand that relationship a lot better and understand, um, you know, his God's love, just like we love our children, God's love for us. And really, I do want to give my kids everything. And I, and I want to, I would love to just give them everything their heart desires and to, spoil them like crazy and to never have to tell them no and to never have to discipline them Mm. i would love that but that's not for their good right i have to discipline them because they need to learn these lessons yeah 
I have to tell them no sometimes because I can't have greedy children who aren't thankful for anything, you know, which is maybe what would happen if I never said no to all of their desires. Or I have to say no again sometimes because there's something better out there or whatever. So, so it's amazing how much more I, I feel like I've learned about the Lord and his relationship with us because of parenting. Yeah, that's good. Real good. My number four is a realization of a way that we as parents, particularly modern parents, my generation, younger parents, are screwing up a fundamental truth about kids. The reality of children, and this was the aha thing for me, is that children are physically resilient, but emotionally vulnerable. But when you look around at the majority of parenting today, we have parents who treat their children as if they are physically vulnerable and emotionally resilient. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. The entire idea of helicopter parenting is this idea that I need to be right there with my kid because they're going to get hurt. They're going to do something that they're going to they're going to break their arm. They're going to fall off this thing. They're going to try and do something they physically can't do. And if it doesn't work out, I need to be there to catch them. False. Our kids are physically way more resilient than you think. And I understand there are some uh, youth that have disabilities or things that make them more phys- physically vulnerable. But in general, I've realized from our children, kids are way more physically resilient than we think. So let them go. right? Let them experience their independence. Let your younger kids jump off that. 10 foot wall right and you know you can be there to kind of help them land it or to or to give them some guidance ahead of time to go hey you know land soft on your feet these kind of teaching things but let your kids climb that tree let them you know uh walk home from school at maybe a younger age than you're comfortable with but maybe with you kind of following behind at a distance let them do these things because are are they going to get hurt yeah yeah they're probably going to get hurt Uh, at times but the broken bone that would take you or i six months to heal takes them five weeks and they're back doing the stuff the cut that you know we're so concerned is going to get infected and we're gonna have to cut their leg off they're gonna shake it right off right uh our kids are just they're just more physically resilient but they're more emotionally vulnerable than we think and yet what do we do we clamp down all the clamps on trying to protect them physically and then we hand them access to the internet like that's not going to have any negative consequences on our kids. Mm. They are more emotionally vulnerable than you think they are. So let's start on the thing I've had. The, the aha moment for me is stop worrying about their physical resilience and start being consumed with protecting and pouring into their emotional vulnerability build them up as a father make sure they know they're loved make sure my boys know i'm proud of them make sure my daughter knows i think she's beautiful and the lord thinks she's beautiful really pour into the emotional side of our kids and then let them run around outside in the neighborhood until the street lights come on and be okay with that right let them do the physical things that they want to do understanding that there is some physical risk but they're more resilient in that way than you think 
less emotionally resilient, more emotionally vulnerable than you think. So ease off on the physical, really pour into the emotional. That's great. Okay, my number four is uh, the answer is not always the answer. So what I mean by that is you may have had you may have your first child and think I've got all the answers or I've got a lot of the answers. Uh, I have done this parenting thing. I can do it again, whatever. And then you have a second child and you're like, <laughs> what, what just happened? Wait, those answers don't work now. What's wrong? <laughs> Our children are so different. Even, even though they're raised in the same home with the same parents, they're different people it's and crazy. they need different things. Yeah, and, and so realizing that I have never arrived in my parenting, first of all. And just as, of course, just as soon as I think I've figured it out with some issue, the next child comes along and they need parenting in a completely different way. So my my aha moment through the years has been like, I can't parent my kids the same. There are some things that we're able to do the same, of course. But, but thinking about all my children, they're very different and the discipline or the love that I give to one child doesn't make a bit of difference with another child. Yeah. And um, they can be just on the complete opposite ends of the earth with both of those things sometimes. So the answer that you may have thought you have arrived with, congratulations, you may have arrived with one child on that, but you may have many others that that will just not work and it's not the answer. Yeah, and the really frustrating thing is, like us as spouses, you'll figure it out Right about the time your kid hits a and it changes. An intellectual or emotional sort of growing point and it'll completely change. Of course. Yeah. Right. That's the the fun of parenting. It's always really changing. Good. That's a good one, babe. Okay. <clears throat> My number three is what I have learned about the nature of human beings from children. So there's a, there's a long-standing debate amongst human beings going back to classical era and, and predating that. I mean, you can see this, this disagreement even in the Bible about whether human beings are inherently good mm. or inherently evil, bad, whatever word you want to use for it, <clears throat> right? When we're born, are we good, inherently good, and then we're nurtured into being bad? Or are we just inherently bad? And of course... From a Christian standpoint, we understand that the Bible teaches that we're inherently bad, right? We're born with original sin. It's passed down to us through a process that I don't really fully understand. We're, yeah, we're born with a sin genetic. nature. We're born with a sin nature, which means apart from Jesus Christ, who overcame all of those temptations, uh, we're, we're born, well, not good. Well, just think about a two-year-old. Do you have to teach a two-year-old to be good? That's the or point. Or do you have to teach a two-year-old to be <laughs> that's, naughty? That's exactly the point. Is we have So we currently have a six-month-old. And he's sweet oh, and precious and always smiles and just wants to snuggle you up and hang out and love you and kiss you and do all the things. But one of these days, in the very near future, he's going to realize that he has his own independent being. And through no, we're going to teach him to do this, but at some point you're going to go, Easton, do not spit your oatmeal out. And he's going to look at you. 
And that's the moment when you know. Because at 10 months, he's not been nurtured into having a sin nature, right? He just has it. And at some point, he reaches an age where he realizes, I have to choose. Mm -hmm. Do I do the thing I'm being, that the authority that's in my life is asking me to do, or do I do my own thing? And look, a nine-month-old isn't going through that process, but that's the process. They just don't know that's the process. And they're going to want to exercise that independence. And so as Andrea asked, apt question, do we, you know, what's, what is the discipleship for us of our kids? Do we need to disciple them? Hey, these are bad things. You shouldn't do these. Well, in some cases, yes. But in most cases, they'll figure those things out. We need to be training them in, here's the good that we should be pursuing. Right, whether it's obedience to authority, respect, love, whatever the thing is. Um, but that's what we need to be training them in. They'll figure out the no-nos on their own because it's within their nature to do it. Yep. Okay, my number three is that less is more when lecturing. <laughs> I have a hard time with this. I do. Nathan, if you're not if you're not watching, Nathan's like She's between you and I. She does have a hard time with that sometimes. <laughs> Just between us. Don't tell her I said anything. It's so hard to not keep going and going. Like, to, I don't know why to, like, really make my point. I'm not sure. We have um, good friends of ours who their adult children make fun of the mom and the way that she lectured them when they were growing up. Like, the train. not make fun of, but, like, in a harsh way, but they're kind of all laughing about it, right? Including the mom. But they'll they'll be talking about this issue or whatever, and they'll make train noises or something like that. This is how I remember it. Maybe it's that's not right. exact, but right. that's right. Because she couldn't, she the train just Once kept the, going around yeah. and around and around and around, you know. And Once she the train like, left the station, it wasn't stopping. Right. <laughs> and and that was probably, I mean, we heard that story from them when Jackson was ago. really really young. Yeah. And I still haven't fully learned my lesson on that, but it gets better year by year. Uh, but it, yeah, for sure with lecturing your child or with talking to them about an issue, less is more when it's not a conversation and when it's really more of a lecture. Like keeping it to the point and moving on, you're going to you're gonna make your point better when you do that. Yeah. I, I would not say you're like the train. You're like, uh, you're like the grand inquisitor. Like once you've been, once you're on the trail of something that you want to get to the bottom of you, that it is not stopping until you've gotten to the bottom of that thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and in some ways that's, that can be a positive thing, right? They're Nathan kids, hates it. They're kids that need to be shaken up sometimes, but you're right. It can be destructive too. Right. That's, so that's not good. lecturing or being the grand inquisitor or whatever, less is more. Just keep praying that that their sins will find them out. Right. And uh, my parents did that with me. It worked really well. So pray that the sin, their sins will find them out and that you don't have to be the, then you don't have to worry about ferreting everything out. It's good, babe. Real good. My number two aha moment is the amount of times with parents that short-term thinking negatively impacts your long-term decisions. Mm. And here's one of the main reasons that I think of this. 
we have run into correct me if I'm wrong, babe, but I don't think we have ever run into a couple who is fifties fifty year old plus who has gone, you know what? We're really glad we didn't have any more kids. Like I, I can't think. Of, I, I know they're out. There's, the, 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 I know they're out there, right? But the, there's the people majority, that we talk to that are like, you know, we had the right amount of kids or whatever. Right. The majority of the people that we've talked to have said, you know, those young years are so hard. But now that our kids are grown, we wish we had more of them. Mm. Um, and they are hard. I mean, we're we're in the thick of that oh. um, right now, and and. Certainly, Andrea does an a, a incredible job of holding our family together and, and raising the kids. And, you know, I, I get I go to work for, for each day um, and she stays here and raises them up in the way they should go and does an amazing job of it. But it's hard. Um, and there are so many young couples that go. I can't you know, we have we have one child who's. 13 months old and now we can't go out with our friends whenever we want and you know we're the only couple with a child and our other friends don't have children and you know so we just want to like we, we have our child and now we're done um and they're making that eternal decision a lifetime decision based on a short-term pain point mm-hmm. um and that's not a way to live our lives um, and, you know, I just want, I, I, if there's someone out there who's just listening to this on a whim but has been dealing, stressing with this, I want to encourage you to not let Satan steal future joy with current grind of life. Mm-hmm. Th- this life on earth is a grind. It's a grind because of sin. Um, but God is bigger. And if God has a plan for more kids in your life, don't. Try and stop that or change his mind because your two-year-old is a is a pistol, um, and you know, man, I just I, I look around and I, I see the dropping birth rate even even amongst Christian families of uh, Christian couples, and I read some of the the horror stories of you know how, what's going on really and population wise in this world. I just heard a statistic that sixty uh, percent of babies worldwide and it's not exactly 60 60 something percent of babies worldwide are aborted that's incredible Mm -hmm. to think about Um, and i know not everyone looks at this from a biblical standpoint but just from a sheer joy standpoint your kids are a joy to you Um, the bible says with regards to a mother your children will rise up and call you blessed but they're not going to do that when they're three and stupid, right? Or 13 and stupid. And I've said this before on this channel, and I know it rubs some people the wrong way. Children are stupid. Like, by definition, they're stupid. That's why we don't come home from work, sit at our 11-year-old's feet and go, Man, could you just tell me about life and the way things are? We have to teach them that. Because from a definitional standpoint... They're not intelligent. They're children. That's our job to bring that to them. But once they reach the age of maturity, they will rise up and call you blessed. And when they do, 
I'd rather have lots of people rising up and calling you blessed than few people rising up and calling her blessed. And all the lessons that we get to learn from our kids. I mean, it's what we're what we're talking about tonight. So don't let short-term grind and short-term pain steal your long-term uh, uh, blessing. Yeah, here's a, an honorable mention. Aha parenting moment. Uh, or something that I've learned from parenting. I appreciate my parents so much more and the parenting that they... That's gave true. me and the sacrifices that they That's that true. they made <clears throat> totally. to parent me in becoming a parent like 100% I will there there's been many times over the last 12 years that I've called my parents and been like oh man I'm so sorry <laughs> or oh gosh thank you so much because I get it now like there are things along the way yeah, that I right. get that so much better because I'm a parent yeah that's exactly right okay so my number three two what are we on two number two is um endurance it's kind of a little bit of what you were talking about endurance turns into complexity so in those young years parenting is all about endurance right you're that's right you're enduring the day (laughs) a lot of times with those young years it's a lot of um being so tired and pouring all of yourself out Right. Physically, emotionally, every which way for those young years, right? But then as they get older, it's less of that endurance um, because they become, you know, they become more independent and and self-reliant and all that sort of thing. But you're, the complexity of parenting becomes more and more. Their, their issues right, become more complex. Their thinking becomes more complex. So they have, you know, their own thoughts and their own ways and and um, their own choices. And your, uh, your parenting becomes more complex or your, your need to understand how to parent becomes harder. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think that's been a huge aha moment for me. Not that it's really like, some big thing that we didn't all know already but but just especially because i have such young ones and an a little bit older one a a preteen you know sure you realize when you've got the spread i think i think i realize more and more that yeah this is this is a race of endurance when they're really young but it gets so much more complex as they get older (laughs) and and needing to needing to um pour yourself out in a different way right Okay, what's your number one aha moment in parenting? Number one aha moment for me in parenting has been how freeing it is for me as a father when I accept that my children are not my children. So uh, once I realized that you had all of these children with someone else, (laughs) Just kidding. That's definitely not what I'm talking wow, about. Wow, clickbait? <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Once I once I accepted that they're God's children and he just delivered his child to your womb with my help, man, that's so freeing. Mm-hmm. Because how often do we freak out about our kids, but if we're really being honest in our heart of hearts and don't act like I'm the only one, if you're watching this video or listening to this podcast, <clears throat> what we're really freaking out about is 
what are people going to think about me because of this child? In good and bad ways. I mean, I coach a sports team. There's crazy parents around youth sports. Not, I mean, our parents have been good on our team, but there's a lot of parents on youth sports teams that are crazy. Well, why are they crazy? What difference does it make to you, a grown man or grown woman, if your child does or doesn't play all the innings you think they ought to play or doesn't play the position you think they ought to play? Well, how is it not that you're thinking it's a reflection on you? Right? We're all afraid our child's going to be the next Hitler. Right? <laughs> if he or she is, then they is. Right? Wow. And shame on them for that. Mm. But it's freeing for us as parents. Unless you're actively steeping your child in mind Kampf in an effort of trying to get them to become something horrible, they're going to make their choices. Right, And it should be freeing to us as parents to recognize these are children that have been given to me for a time. It is my responsibility to steward, disciple, shepherd these children in a way that's honoring to God. Because ultimately they're God's kids. So in some ways this can be more daunting. But here's the reason why it's freeing for me. Because they were created by God who also is the Holy Spirit who also lives in me. So at the end of the day, all I need to do is focus on my intimacy with the Lord, understanding more about who God is through reading his Bible, through time and prayer, through uh, conversation with the Holy Spirit. And through that time, I'm going to be equipped by the Holy Spirit with how to best shepherd and disciple God's kids that live in my home. And so for me... It's, it was, it's really freeing and it was really an, an aha moment that like a, a backpack of bricks fell off my back to just recognize, you know what, God, they're your children. Um, you're going to have to deal with them um, and help me understand how I can play a role in that. And look, I don't do it right a lot of the time. Um, and, 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 you know, I'll, I'll answer to the Lord for that. And, and, I, and I ask the Lord that he forgives me for when I, when I don't do it right. Um, but I also am okay going to him in prayer and going, Lord, you've got to help me here because I don't know how to reach this child. And it's your child ultimately. So, you know, so help me help Andrea understand how can we, how can we reach your children that you've given us to live in our home? Yeah. That's my number one. That's good. So when you've been married for this many years, you end up thinking alike and your number ones end up being the same thing. <laughs> Stop it. Really? Yeah. So oh, that's great. So yeah, my number one is that my responsibility is to equip my to love my children, equip my children to be people who love and serve the Lord, who are upstanding citizens, hard workers, all that sort of thing. That's my responsibility as a right. parent, right? That's right. Not my responsibility who they turn out to be. Right. Because like Nathan, I mean, Nathan just said it. That's that's up to them. They they are their own person. They get to make those own their own choices. And that's right. my responsibility that I, like Nathan said, we don't do perfectly, um, is to do what God's asked me to do. And then the rest is up to my child. Right. Or my, you know, their, exactly their right. own, they are their own people and they're going to make their own choices. That's right. And, and I, Nathan and I can both 
say we both chose to walk for a while in a way that was not the way that we were raised but we we had that ingrained in us you know we had great parents we have great parents they parented us really well we knew what the truth was we chose to walk away from that for a while and we came back to it and they prayed us through that whole thing you know right. that whole time and and so um their the parenting part was our parents responsibility and then the choices that we make was was ours that's right. So I think that's a huge aha moment. It's still really hard to drop that weight, though. I don't particularly care what other – this is me. I don't care what other people think about the way my kids turn out. I care. and I yeah, and, sure. And so it's not always about, like, caring about what other people think. I don't. Um, but I care. And I want the best for my kids. Sure. You know, that's a big thing for me is, like, I want them to be who God – has made them to be because I know that's the best place. That's the best thing for them. And so, um, you know, we pray that they choose that. Some of them probably won't for a time and we'll go from there, but it's good. But yeah, like Nathan said, it's a huge weight when you think like that's, that's their deal. Not mine. Right. Right. It's good. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to do top fives. This is a little bit heavier of a top five, but it's good to think about all the lessons that we learn through parenting and there's i'm sure because we've got so much more parenting to go there's lots a lot more lessons that we'll learn along the way that's right so what about you <clears throat> now that you've listened to this uh podcast i want you to tell us what have been some of your aha moments uh, in your parenting um and maybe it's maybe you're currently being parented still maybe you're listening to this as uh, a younger you know individual and and you have been parented more recently by your parents or even if you're not you might look back on the way your parents parented you and realize that you learned some things about parenting or about the lord in an aha fashion from them hop on over to our facebook page leave us a message on facebook instagram tweet at us um, however you want to get at us, I want to hear what your aha moments from parenting yeah. is. Until then, guys, happy Family Friday. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you all back on Monday. Remember, God is for your family.